This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back on the block for the second hour. We thank you for joining us here on the block with Stricken Bach. I'm E. Strick, and that is my partner once again, my ride or die, Jake Bakovin. We've been talking a lot about a lot of things on the block. Obviously, what's going on with Nebraska basketball, Derek Walker coming back, had Evan Bland on, talked about the troubles and the issues and the problems with Nebraska. It, it, I don't know. Is it, is it a curse going on? Nebraska baseball has just <laughs> seemed to have fallen off the wagon, but they still have some time to turn it around. I still hate that they lost to our bitter rivals at Creighton, but that's just me. Now we're going to talk on the second hour. Obviously some good things are happening out there. The spring game is the spring game is slowly approaching. Got a couple of people that will be joining us. I wish they were joining us on the block, but that's not the case at this point. They'll be joining us in Memorial <laughs> Stadium, and uh, it's definitely a need. The The Nebraska rush-ins have not had a tremendous rush-in prospect since Randy Gregory, and this one could be one that uh, we would happily add to the linebacker and rush-in core in the rush-in room. O'Shawn Mathis, he'll be visiting the spring game along with Dylan Riola, a four or five star recruit out of Burleson. I used to live in Texas, not too far from Burleson, out of Mansfield, right down the road, Burleson, and uh, heard a lot about the kid. And, and now he's finding his way uh, to the spring game. He's been to Nebraska a few times. He will be returning. He's got a close relationship there through his, his father and his uncle. And so we'll be glad to have him. 6'5, 257 pound Mathis, who would be a great fit. Uh, for the Husker Russians, they're joining with uh, Garrett Nelson and Caleb Taylor. Uh, but at this point, we just don't know the circumstances or the situations. He's been sitting out uh, this uh, semester trying to figure out what's the best fit for him. And to be able to get him on campus, and, and, and as Evan Bland had stated, that once kids get on campus and they kind of get an understanding as you're not just sitting in the middle of a cornfield, and then you get a chance to see that sea of red, and, and sometimes it can provide, provide a little spark, and hopefully we'll be able to do that with O'Shawn Mathis, who is a tremendous prospect. He had 34 games with the Horn Frogs in his career, 2021, 45 tackles, seven for loss, and four sacks in 2020. He led TCU with nine sacks and 14 tackles for loss. That's the numbers that I like to hear. Those are the things that we need to be able to secure the edge and also uh, the line of scrimmage. And so – having uh, O'Shawn Mathis on campus could be a big deal. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's somewhat of the missing piece in in my mind for Nebraska um, if they aren't able to get him. Obviously, there aren't too many um, you know guys that are going to give quarterbacks nightmares in the portal. I mean, those guys are usually if you're if you're at that level, um, you know, you're you're highly regarded in your own right. But TCU's kind of had their own um, problems there, and and maybe that's what's going to lead him to Texas. That's kind of the main major competition for Oshon Mathis is Texas because uh, his head coach um, Gary Patterson at TCU, recruited him to TCU, and, and of course last season uh, was replaced by Jerry Kill midway through the year, a legendary head coach and, and a guy that certainly um, would be one of the main reasons you would commit to TCU uh, is now a, an, an analyst over there at Texas. So that might be at least in the Longhorns' back pocket. But like you said, I mean, it's it's important to get these guys to Lincoln to be able to see, um, you know, that the, that the city has some life to it, um, that the, the how incredible Memorial Stadium is on game day and even in the spring game I, I think it gets overlooked we we're talking about this on the ticker water cooler sometimes in Lincoln the spring games may be taken for granted it's you know kind of the same thing every year or whatever they're not it's not a real game all that um, but it is it is it, it just really crazy in the landscape of college football there aren't any many spring games certainly that get the attendance that Nebraska gets and if they do it's because they're free in admission <laughs> Nebraska <laughs> makes money off this thing is how crazy the Nebraska football fans are are even coming off a three and eight, three and nine, or excuse me, a three and nine season. Um, I'm wondering what the numbers are going to be like. Either way, uh, I think it's going to you know blow these kids out of the water when they get to see it. Uh, and hopefully, Oshawn Mathis is part of that because, like we, like you said, um, you know, it, it, it's not just a Nebraska problem. It's a problem for a lot of people is to get that premier pass rusher. And and if he, and, and you know, do you want to? Label him as that after just four and a half sacks last year. Uh, maybe not, but he had nine sacks two years ago to lead the Big 12. He's, he's been second team all Big 12 twice, so he's at least an all-conference type. Um, even if he's not finishing with sacks, he's getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, and I think that's just kind of the, the missing piece that Nebraska has. I think Caleb Tanner um, can do it at times. I, I think Garrett Nelson can do it at times, but I think that he would be, um, you know, obviously the best one on the team uh, just stepping on campus. And I think that's, you know... The the missing part of their front seven. They've, they've got a lot of those guys returning, especially up there on the defensive line. They're going to need to develop some depth, so I know that's another missing aspect, um, but all the linebackers are returning. The defensive line, you feel pretty good uh, about Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers and Nash Huttmacher and, the, you know, the guys that they're going to fill in up there. Um, I'm just interested, too, with Mathis is that he looks like um, coming over maybe more of a 4-3, you know, edge specialist over there at, at TCU. Is he going to be more of the outside linebacker type? He's kind of got that size. He's more of the Jamari Butler, Garrett Nelson build than uh, a Ty Robinson, uh, you know. And so he'd be kind of small if you're going to play a down line here at Nebraska inside on the 3-4. But then the other part of it, too, is, as we've talked with some reporters over the last couple of weeks, is Nebraska going to stick to a 3-4 now that they don't have Damian Daniels? Um, they started to kind of play a more 4-3 last year at times, and, and maybe, you know, just kind of expect that, especially maybe on pass rushing downs. Yeah, I think those are some some uh, some things that we've got to look at with him. But I, I think, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm them and I need that type of uh, – you know, there, there's been some great ones. You know, you've got Hutchinson, you, you know, you, you shoot, you had Chase, you had, you know, a lot of great rush ins that ended up having great success in the Big Ten. And so I think to be able to land someone of that caliber, if I'm if I'm uh, Nebraska, I'm taking advantage, as we talked about on the block yesterday. How can we we had a caller call in that said, how can we take advantage 
of different situations on campus, in the coaches, in the universities to be able to uh, use what we have at Nebraska as an advantage. If I'm them, I have UL, UIL booth sitting up talking, yeah, come on over here. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to figure out how to beat Texas in this in this game, right? And and as as Casey Thompson said, you know, UIL is very good uh, at Nebraska. And I think that would be something to, to be able to take advantage of if I'm them. But we'll see. I mean, he's going to get there or get on campus. He'll get around uh, the team. He'll get a chance to probably see what the culture is being built there. Also to see what value he would bring uh, to the uh, the linebacker room or or the defensive end room, and then and then get an understanding sitting with the coaches to talk about what it is that they expect for him as he came in and and how they would you know highlight him. So those are some things I think that would work out for them. Then you also got you know quarterback four four or five star raising his bar, uh, Dylan Riola, and now is going to take it. He hasn't even taken a first snap at uh, at Chandler, but. Uh, when he was at Burleson and he was being recruited, everybody and their mom is looking to recruit this kid over 19, over 19 uh, scholarship offers already. Uh, during spring break, he visited coveted Georgia, who just won a national championship, Clemson, Oregon, and USC. And then, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's some other places that uh, he has an, an ire for. Alabama even offered him. So uh, he's a tremendous uh, prospect. His film looks great. Um, he's got great size. Um, he's got a tremendous arm. He can make all the throws. So he'll also be on campus. And uh, at this point, his numbers are just continuously raising. They're saying even before he took a snap at Chandler that he could be the number one prospect in the nation. Yeah, and it, it's just fascinating to follow along this whole story because he is, like you said, I mean, he's still pretty young. He's a class of 2024 kid, so he's not yeah. going to make his decision anytime soon, you wouldn't think. Um, but the uh, new recruiting website, On3, has him as the number one recruit in the nation. Uh, and, uh, you know, On3, for what it's worth, it, just uh, On3.com, uh, you know, it comes from some of the, the, the leading um guys over there at Rivals and Scout and stuff like that so uh, you know these guys have done the research it's not just a brand new thing um, so it's 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 fascinating to see how this plays out because you know you read between the lines and you kind of wonder um, if Donovan Riola would be the offensive line coach at Nebraska if Dylan Riola wasn't uh, you know this hot of a prospect I I don't know. I don't know if that's why they ultimately made this decision. I don't think it's going to hurt too much either way to have a Riola uh, up there with your offensive line. And we've gotten good reports out of the camp so far. But that is that is something um, that I immediately thought of when they made the announcement that it was going to be Donnie Riola up front with the offensive line. Um, you know, th is that maybe this is a hire for down the line for that type of recruit because he's not just you know going to be the top recruit in your class or when you know one of the headliners of your class this is uh this is probably going to be a top you know a five star quarterback i mean those are those are tough to come by um and uh and certainly at a place like nebraska now i don't think he's going to make his his decision anytime soon um you know certainly there's a lot still to play off if 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 scott frost or, or donovan i suppose have their job by the time he does commit um because they're kind of faking, facing a make or break year here maybe not so much donovan maybe you know if things did fall through uh and the offensive line made progress then the next head coach would want to bring him back those are all in, i mean it's just it's just it, 
this is not going to get any less interesting over the years to see how all of this plays out. Um, but he is just, it, it, it's, it's crazy to get him in for the spring game. You know, he's got, they got his dad's number and his name uh, retired up there. I don't think his number is officially retired, but they've, they've got it up there with all the award winners, you know, etched out in Memorial stadium. So uh, very cool. I, I think it's, it's going to, the more times they can get him in the better for the opportunity with them. But if you're him, you know, you just got to wonder, and sometimes we've seen this, especially in college basketball, where an Ant Edwards goes to Georgia, you know, someone wants to make their name somewhere. Um, but when he's, like, taking visits, I think, along, uh, you know, to Georgia and to USC, uh, you know, schools that, especially Georgia coming off the national championship, or USC uh, with, the, you know, the hottest young coach now going out there to a traditional blue blood. I mean, these are, you mentioned Alabama. He's basically going to have his pick where he wants to go. So Nebraska has to do its, its best to make itself attractive. And if in a couple years you're still hovering around 500, um, you know, it's just hard to imagine him picking Nebraska just because his dad played here. I have to agree with him. Nebraska is going to have to put some wins in the win column to land someone of that caliber or have to be showing a progression headed up the hill like my favorite guy. They got to be going up the hill, baby. They got to be making their way up the mountain in order. And some of y'all that don't know, that's 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 my thing about the old prices, right? Where the little <laughs> the, the guy with the uh, with the pickaxe on his shoulder. And if you if, if, if you're losing the bet, you're going over the hill and falling all the way down. But if you win it, you go, you go get to the top of the mountain. I gotta and, get that uh, sound for you too, so we can hey, play. <laughs> I think you do it just fine. We'll just hey, give listen, it. Listen, <laughs> listen. You've got to put some wins in the win column to be able to land that caliber of a talent. Um, and then hopefully, barring any injuries, that he doesn't he doesn't get any injuries. Um, he continues to progress, as they're saying he is transitioning to another school. Sometimes, you know, it can cause a little bit of issue and problem. But I can understand, you know, definitely getting out into the Phoenix, out into the Western area. Uh, Burleson obviously is 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 not like an Allen uh, out in Texas or any or Duncanville or something like that. But they're, they're you know they 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 were uh, you know, they were solid and it's a solid place to play. But getting out in the challenger and 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 seeing what he's going to do out there, being the number one prospect out there, is going to be good for him. That's some good stuff. So we're going to uh, prepare to take a break. Uh, at this point, we have my good friend Ryan Gerardo with Cerebro Sports that's going to be coming on. Eastrick will be in Lincoln this weekend uh, for an event that we're going to be doing. We'll talk a little bit about that, talk about what Cerebro Sports has going and the event that we will be attending there in Lincoln. So I look forward to seeing you guys there in Lincoln. I'll probably be in studio on Friday. Y'all take care. We'll be right back after this on the block. 